The Barbara and His Therapist is sponsored by Helm Boots. Handmade in Austin, Texas. Man-made to last forever. First of all, just let me say that um, this is a very special late afternoon because everybody in this room, at least to me, you know, is is pretty special. Yeah. Right. And this is a special time too. Sure. Right. Especially for you and I, because Ian and I haven't been back with the barber and the therapist for a minute. Right. 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 Yeah. And so we've been wanting to, um, you know get back together and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time, the last time we talked about getting back, you know, it was the whole Chris Rock and Will Smith thing. We was like, okay, man, it's time to get on air, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we yeah. need to get on air because everybody wants to know what the BSC thinks, you know? Right. And then we, um, you know, and then we didn't have time, right? Then a, a war happened, right? Sure. And then, sure. like, you know, Europe burning up happened. And um, I think that, you know, we're all just so busy being busy, mm. right? That, you know, some of the things that mean a lot to us and some of the things we really enjoy doing, we don't make time for. So this is special. This is special because um, the Barbershop Club is in a different space. Yep. We are now with the Lion Hotel, you know, still in Koreatown. And um, we're sort of reuniting here and, and yeah. we're coming live. We're coming live with it. Um, so, you know, Ian, tell, you know, you know, tell the people who we are, man, and, and you know, um, lace them with the facts. Let's do it, yeah. Um, you're right. I mean, I think the last time we got together, we were talking about goals for the year, right? Um, and I think, I, 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 and, you know, you, you were saying this, and it made me think about how we've accomplished some goals together, right? Like you said, we're here at the Line Hotel, Live and direct in Koreatown. Right. We've moved the barbershop to this space. Right. We get to be here with people that we, you know, we care about, that we value. For sure. Um, so it's a really, it, I mean, I think we've, we've met some goals, <laughs> to right. say the least. Right. Um, so it feels really nice to be here with yeah. you and with everybody here. I, I, you know, talking about what we wanted to discuss today, too, you know, I wanted to kind of get into that a little bit too. And I think that will lend to this idea of like who we are mm-hmm. as individuals and as two people who, who do this podcast together. So I, I met Woody, gosh, um, you know, some time ago. He was at a, one of the iterations of the BSC and he was my barber. Um, And I would come in and get a cut and we would talk and we built a friendship. Um, And it was really nice, you know, and I think that's what a barbershop does, right? I mean, it allows, and one of the topics today, let me me go back to that, is creating wellness for men, right? Mm -hmm. And the barbershop already offers that to men. It already offers a space to find communion, to find wellness, to find friends. And that's how we met as friends, um, and one time, uh, we were, he was cutting my hair and we were talking about what is it that men, like we were talking about men in general 
And you said to me, you know, what would be great is men come in and they sit in my chair and they talk about things that I sometimes feel like, man, you need this. You need to talk to somebody right, <laughs> about right. this. Uh, I can help you, but this is 30 minutes, you know, and, I, right, and there right. needs to be more going on. So, so we were sitting there and you said that. And I said, you know, for me, when men come to my practice, when men come to me to, to do therapy, oftentimes they're already in a place where they kind of have, you know, for lack of a better word, have, the, the house is on fire a little bit. They've done things in their lives that they're coming to me to help them with. And wouldn't it be great if we could figure out a way to get men to find me, find you in a space that was open to them being, you know, healing before they did something that you know, put them in a, in, a, in a bad predicament or a bad place. So that was the genesis of this. So in that, I'm, I'm sitting in the barber chair like I'm sitting in one now. He's lining me up, and I look at him, and we kind of just, it goes off for us, you know? Like, here is what we could do. We have the space. You and I, we get along, <laughs> you know? We can, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something that we can, we can find together. Yeah, I mean, you know... Um you know, you make it sound really, really, really Disneylandy. Good. Sort of like, you know what I'm saying? Because cause that's what you do, right? Yeah. Like you're the therapist. But like, but you're right. Barbershops typically will be places where men will stick their chest out, right? Lie about their golf game, lie about their date, things like that. But, um, you know, sometime in these spaces, men actually open up and they're, and they're honest. And so... Us coming about and coming up with this idea, it was, you know, it was like you said, it was something that was already going on. Me personally, I was going through things myself. I'm a man just like the people sitting down. I'm just bringing a, a lot of this on because it's coming from people. But I'm in the business of that. I've, I've been doing that for years, right? Like, you know, listening to people. And, um, and because I've been doing it for so long, I got really good advice. You know, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm taking notes, I'm keeping journals, I'm talking from men all over the world, and I know what works because people are telling me, and I'm watching people be successful and work through things. Um, but you know, as you get older, hopefully you get wiser, and you want to give back even more, right? And so, you know, you're a um, newly father. You know, I have a couple kids. You know, uh, my daughter's 16. My son is, is 13, so I'm a little further down the road. And you start to really appreciate and understand how important it is for men to be in touch with their identity and be able to really just survive in this forever changing quickly society that we live in on, on, on a level of what role he thinks he should be playing. Right. Unfortunately, he has to think about that. Right. It's, you know, because we live in a society of role, of role playing. Right. So, um, you know, there were some things heavy on me that I started to have to start to ask people about. So I started to talk to you. I started to throw some things around the barbershop. One, I'll tell you a quick, a quick story, who really just, you know, this is sort of like the seed of the barber and the therapist because it was that one of those big things that um, I really felt like I needed help on this one, right? Because, the, because my manhood and my masculinity was being questioned. And for me, that's kind of like the foundation of who I am, right? So, but anyway, um, like I said, I have a son, 
who had, um, who had, right? Who has, I'm already had, you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, has um, a friend who, who was a boy at one time, but was going through transition to be a girl. And, you know, they were just kind of bringing it to me. It don't have nothing to do with me, but yet I'm the one struggling with it, right? And I was just like, you know, I was like, okay, fine, you know, no problem. Everybody else in the family didn't have a problem with it. Right. You know, my son's like, hey, whatever, you know, if you don't want to throw the football no more, whatever, we can do something else. I'm like, damn, shit, you know, he's cool. And, you know, my wife, my daughter, the same thing. But it was it was really bothering me. I just really couldn't. I was like, man, dude, what's wrong? You know, so I said, you know what? I said, when I go to the barbershop, I'm just going to ask, you know, I'm going to ask a couple guys a day, you know, if if they've heard of anything like that or if they know someone who's going through. And what happened was all week long, every guy asked. They, they were either going through it themselves or they knew someone that was going through it. And they all were super surprised. You know, they were just like, oh, my God, I didn't think anybody else was going through it. I just didn't want to talk about it. So, you know, I said, wow, you know what? It'd be nice to create a space, you know, and an arena where we could um, talk about these things coming from not just a gimmicky barbershop or it's just, a, you know, every neighborhood has a barbershop and people open up and talk, right? You know, really, you know, it should be that. Most of the time it's, it's not, you know, because barbers are not therapists, right? And that's why we have a real therapist. We have you, you know, um, you know, to make it right. So I think that that's important and you guys got a pretty good idea of kind of like where it all came from. And then, you know, like I said, things started happening. Then, bam, a pandemic. You know, first it was just me worrying about my son's friend. Then I got thrown with a pandemic on the end of the world. I'm like, man, okay, we need a podcast, right? So we went on the air. <laughs> yeah, and I, th- I mean, like, it, you bring up a really good point, and I, I remember having this conversation with you, right? I remember having the conversation about your son's friend and how everybody else had this feeling right they all had settled it and you were still trying to work on it who do i talk to about this right who do i who do i converse with how can i do this well the barbershop was the place because you talked to a lot of people in your chair we talked about it a bit right and so again there is this natural in the barbershop right there's a natural wellness i mean i am giving you're right i'm giving it a little i'm giving it some sesame street vibes but <laughs> because you're right there is there toxicity is there these different things yes right. but at the end of the day it's a place for people to commune and to and to really get to um ask these questions that if you asked you know at a dinner party people may look at you and say what is wrong with you, right? right, right Why right. haven't you moved here yet? But as human beings, we're always evolving. And, you know, it takes some of us a little bit of time to understand how things move. And I think that that's one thing that we have talked a lot about is establishing a space where we're open to what people are going through, regardless of what they're going through. We're not trying to really bring a lot of judgment to it. Right. Um, I think something, too, that, that, you know, before the pandemic, you and I were confronted with Me Too, mm-hmm. right? That movement. Right. And we did a lot. We did some speaking with men in different spaces about that. Right. You know, so it was like the world has shifted in just the years that we've come up with this idea 
the world has shifted in ways. I think that, you know, in, in, in another, I don't know, in another, you know, uh, world, right, it would take 10, 15 years to move as fast as we, as we have moved. Right, but right. because of the way that the world is moving, it's just moving fast. Well, yeah, well, you know? and especially in the, the content of what makes the BSC different from barbershops. There's a bunch of barbershop shows on with people talking about a lot of different things. But the BSC has always been on the front line for masculinity, though, you know, and, and manhood. It's like, so for us, I, I feel like, yeah, change has been coming rapidly and fast, you know, because not, every, you know, not all men, you know, are, you know, um, live that world necessarily. So for us and you, and I know you as a friend, and you probably you don't, you know, I probably know it even more than you, is how masculine you, you, you are, at least in the content of what we think masculinity is, right? And, we, and we'll get into some of our shows about what that really, really means for a man. But, but as far as the BSC, we know it's like it's coming out of the, it's coming out of the, the roots and the streets of Kansas City. The Midwest. It's coming from blues and jazz. It's coming from you know the Renaissance type man that just kind of did it all. It's, you know, you know, carrying a lot on his shoulders, right? Having to be almost perfect or whatever, right? So, and then having some you know very strong points either way, You're not not always on the right side, but just very strong in those beliefs, right? So, um, you know. The BSC is very is very strong in its opinion about you know you know some of the things we talk about and and we've shared before and that we'll continue to share you know definitely yeah and I think that's kind of our uh, you know how we came together right um, yeah I mean you know and now what is what are we looking to do right like what is the what is the next step. What are those things, you know? Um, and primarily for us, one of those things is, again, uh, here at The Line, we have the opportunity to create a space where this is something that is part of the experience, right? Um, and that's really important to us. Um, you know, and one thing that comes to mind is how, how do you take, you know, and, and this is, maybe a little bit of a question for you and me in some ways, but right. But how do you take a barbershop where typically, like you said, there is this, uh, there can be these elements that we want to definitely keep. We don't want to make this an ideal place where there's, you know, I don't know, uh, rock water fountains and like, you know what I mean? And black, black water. water. No, I'm just kidding. But like, you know, we want to make it authentic and healing. And that's not easy, right? I mean, we've had many discussions. Sometimes we don't, you know, we don't agree. We have different ideas. But I think one thing that we've learned together is that what really helps is being open, right? Being open to other people's ideas about what a space can be, right? Being open to what, um, what their thinking is about an idea, and that's how we've moved through all this because we've been through, you know, I mean, you know, in some ways we've been through a lot of pandemic and coming back and moving the shop and there's been a lot. So how do you, you know, continue, you know, again, I'm, I think I'm, 
I don't know, therapizing myself here a little bit. But, <laughs> right, uh, right. Processing some stuff today, so I appreciate it. But, um, yeah. but no, I mean, again, uh, looking at this idea of there, there's, there's, we're not being idealists about what we think. We're not being idealists about the space that we want to provide for people. But at the same time, we want to push that envelope. We want to try something new. And we want to be open to each other in this process. You know? Amen. Yeah. You know, amen. Um, you know, and with all of that being said, you know, we've come up with these principles, the BSC principles, right? I guess try to put it in a form where, you know, um, all citizens can just participate in it and make it happen. Um, you know, the Barbershops Club's mission has always been, at the end of the day, to just help men be better, right? And, um, you know, let's face it, call it a man's world. Men are in control. They're making most of the decisions. A lot of them wrong, this and that. We got to take responsibility for each other, right? And, um, you know, what better place in, in Koreatown, L.A. at the Line Hotel, right? A barbershop that's a speakeasy barbershop from Kansas City, right? Cutting men from all over the world. So we're cutting, you know, we're cutting all types, all types of men. And let me tell you something. There's not a story that I have not heard. It's crazy, it's crazy you know, um, how many different lives, you know, men are out there living. Um, but, you know, like you said before, it, it, it's, it's, we're just trying to help men be more comfortable, right? Like you said, you know, when the Me Too thing happened, a lot of those guys, those agents, lawyers, you know, on the west side at these, these agencies, these were, a lot of these guys were our clients, and they were getting in trouble. They were coming in, they were nervous, they were like, oh, man, I'm next. You know, they're going to find something. I don't remember doing anything, but I know they're going to find an email or something. I mean, it was just like, I was like, man, I'm like, dude, I'm like, yo, you know, these squares are really suffering. You know, I'm like, you know, I'll tell my dad, he's like, yo, man, you got to, you know, you got to share this stuff, man. You got to, you know, help these people. You know, you got to help these men. There's a way. If there's a way to be, you know, you know, because... In this country and society, we, we take masculinity, being macho and those sort of things as being rude, insensitive, you know, not caring, and things like that, right? And so the BSC is here to remind you that those things help make up masculinity, right? Being sensitive, making yourself vulnerable, right? Caring for your body inside and out, caring for your skin, Right. It's OK to care about your skin. Right. You know, um, um, and being a man, is just not just kicking, you know, somebody's ass. You know, it's about taking care of yourself inside and out and then having an open attitude. Right. And just really focusing on, number one, just being a great human, because at the end of the day, when we really start to break it all down. That's what we believe. Right. Masculinity really is. But. Um, um, but also to show you what is proper moving through society, right? Being okay with transgender and the way things are changing, but also still participating in the gentleman ways that maybe you're into holding the door, 
picking up the bill, taking care of, you know, kids that are not yours, whatever. I mean, you just, you, you know, you just want to participate in and not sometimes, you know, not everybody's with that. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that we, let's make it clear that when we talk about barbershops, that's where, that's where the BSC is on that. You know, we, t- we take, we take responsibility for everything bad on the planet. <laughs> you know, we just do what we do, you know, because men, you know, so, hey, men did it, yeah. you know, so, it, you know, it, there's no escaping that. Yeah. But um, did you want to say something before I, um, you know, get into the audience and just yeah, yeah. I wanted, tell you a little bit about I wanted about to expand here? a little bit because you did mention the principles. Right. Right. So we do have these principles, core principles that we use. And we believe in to um, to help us bring this to men um, and to people, right? And I think one of those is the in, is the inside and the outside of men. Um, and you bring that up with kind of caring for your skin, these different things. But you know, um, so I, as a therapist, I know a lot of other therapists, and I think one of the things that therapy talks a lot about is the interior and finding ways for you to free yourself from those exterior things that bring, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I think it starts with exterior things that really, you know, fuck with you. (laughs) And people through that idea will take exterior things that make you happy and put that in the same category. Like you should be able to be free of a lot of the exterior things that make you happy. But what we believe is that there's room, right, for the exterior. As you explore your interior and become a better person, become a better man, become a more knowledgeable person and more spiritual person, that you can have room for the exterior. That's a really core principle of ours. I mean, you can't go into a barbershop, right, and just be doing the internal because the external is right there. You're getting, your, you're getting yourself, you know, you're getting a haircut, you're, you're getting a facial, you're doing these different things that matter to you. And so what we really meld, what we really want to do together, right, is bring that interior and exterior um, to make it just as important. It's cool that, like, for me, you know, I mean, like, who I am, I search, um, like, sneakers all day on Flight Club. I'm not going to buy them. But I just like look at them, right. and then I think about what would I look like in those shoes. So right. like, right. you know, these are the things that I think about, and that's cool, right? That's okay, you know. If you put like, you know, um, we have our our Helms boots here, right? If I feel good in these shoes, right? Um, my lovely wife got me this for my birthday, and I I rock it, and I feel good in it. So like, that's fine. You don't have to leave that behind to find interior happiness. You can be okay with that exterior, find happiness in it, and expand on it. You don't have to feel guilty. You know, I think sometimes wellness people will talk about, you know, you want to move yourself away from that. And we're not about that, you know. We're, right. looking at, we're looking at it as it's just as important. And you should find joy in things you find joy in. Like, why would we limit you there? Right, right. You know? And, you, and, um, you know, yeah, that's course number number one. And then you realize the second course is that, and this is what I, I've realized 
in the years that I've been in this industry and working with so many men, and you know, and with this demographic that that we deal with here in Hollywood, you, you're leading, you know, you're dealing with a lot of leading class, ruling class men, and people of Hollywood, is that you find that all of these successful guys, most of them, are are already um, incorporating that in who they are, right? You know, um, as as um, I got better better at what I did and started working with um, you know more important people or wealthy people or whatever, I found that these people were surrounded with with coaches, therapists, consultants. I mean, they just had teams of people helping them, and it's so far from what most of us believe. Right, and, you know, a lot of us think, oh, you know, I can do it myself. I pull my, you know, I pull my pants up and I put my boots on, right, and get it done. No one needs to know. Never let them see me sweat, right? But you realize that, you know, a lot of the guys that come to the BSC, you know, these guys are are, are already pretty successful guys, right? Very few of them are are trying to make it happen or working on something. They're just like already there, and you will find that. They're treating the interior just as important. They're, the, you know, taking care of their mental and their mind is very important. When they want to ask for a raise or they're looking for a promotion or they're switching agents or whatever, they're going to a coach. They're having someone remind them of how great they are, how good they are. You know what I mean? We all need it, even when we're on the top. You know, I, I hate to sound corny, but you can look at the greats, right? Look at sports. Jordan, Kobe, you know, at the end of the day, they were great learners. They learned all the way to the end, right? They were always willing to listen and, and, and to learn. Yeah, well said. And I mean, I, as you were talking, I was just thinking, like, I'm the interior guy talking about the exterior. Here's the exterior <laughs> guy talking about the interior. So, I mean, it, it, I, I think that's part of the, the principle, right? That's the principle that the principles that we've been – you know, we've been coming up with, that's the power of them, is that you start to be okay, you start to shift and be okay with whatever you're bringing to the table. Um, so very cool. Yeah, so like I said at the beginning of the podcast, there were, there were um, a few people in the room um, that I really wanted to hear, have here, and that are, are really special, special to me. Um, I have family here, and I have a, a good friend that has taught me a lot in the business, and is Oh, I mean, really, um, probably doesn't know it, but has been um, a big part of me um, being okay with everything that's going on around me. Because, you know, it's like I'm a hard surface. I'm a hard surface to crack, right? I, I don't even let very many people around me. But Lachelle has spent a lot of time around me and what I've always always loved about him is that he's always been him, himself right and he's always given him, himself like the best advice like he he know hey man I, I'm so busy I'm you know boom I'm always so busy I'm like yeah you are you know it's just like, you know he knows and man you know being aware to me is halfway winning right there you know, I don't care what you're doing on the planet or whatever. If, if whether you're up and down, if you're aware of it, you know what I'm saying. You're halfway there. But um, um, I would love to hear Michelle talk about, you know, about 
creating men's space for men to be comfortable, right? And um, these are all types of men, right? Right? Um, so, and I've just really, um, I think he brings, he brings a lot to the table. First of all, he's the best um, attician, attician in um, Beverly Hills. Esthetician. Yeah. Um, in L.A., Beverly Hills, Koreatown, everywhere. But um, let's get his mic right. He's good? Okay. Okay. He's just talking. Yeah, so, so you know, I'll first introduce all, him and um, tell us what's up. Oh, what's up? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm really honored. I call you the GOAT, so <laughs> that was a really nice uh, intro. I appreciate that. Um, yes, I'm an esthetician. I do men's skin care. My business is focused more towards skin uh, men's skin care because <clears throat> I felt... He said a couple of things, a few things, but I'll just start by why I do what I do. Um, I think that word toxic masculinity has been kind of thrown around so much that it hasn't really given men a, a space to really understand why and uh, to actually unravel what that is. And for what I hear toxic masculinity, I hear lack of vulnerability, right? Because men were told to compartmentalize who they were to be men, right? To be providers, to be strong, to be invincible, right? And so as, through skincare, because I'm an esthetician, I can use my skills, my hands, um, to teach men how to take care of themselves through a health perspective. So I don't say skincare, I say skin health, because that's something that men can relate to, right? But if you really be honest, some of them can't, because some of us don't even go to the doctor because they think that we're too invincible to go to the doctor. So this is how I start the process, right? By doing skincare, I say this is your first line of defense. It's the one thing that takes care of you. Why don't you want to take care of it? You'll be surprised at the answers that I get because of the way skincare, washing your face, skin treatments and facials are marketed, right? It's marketed as a pampering luxury uh, item that men should see as frivol frivolity, but that's not true. During that process of, of them coming to see me, me having them um, understand um, the functions of their skin and how to take care of it, and then having them go home and do home care, I'm now, we're now going down a relationship of process. We live in a microwavable society. Everything has to be fast, therapy has to be fast, gym has to be fast, diet has to be fast, but skincare is not fast, right? And so it slows you down to get, by going home, doing a daily practice routine with yourself, and building sort of an interconnectedness with yourself. So this is some of the conversations of how I get men to understand what real skincare is about. And then what it does initially, after coming to see me, after doing the home care, it starts to lead you down other practices, open up other uh, wellness practices for you, yoga, spirituality. So it's just like a red herring to kind of introduce you to, because sometimes I am the outside guy, and most people, Honestly, we're visuals, right? So we don't under, sometimes don't intellectually understand until we actually put our hands on it or do it. So that's how I sort of use my profession and craft to sort of help men understand this um, thing called skin health. And the, um, the whole thing about building a space for men, especially in that arena, I don't do hair. I'm not a barber, right? So I, I'm a black gay man. All my clients are from the ages, literally, I just got a 19-year-old guy who just came on yesterday. 19 to 65, I have the most diverse clientele, rich, black, poor, white, trans, because 
you know, I'm every man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I, I'm just myself in front of them. That's right. You know, I'm just myself in front of them. And I give them the space to be themselves. The thing is, back to toxic masculinity, that lack of vulnerability, we are not given space to just be vulnerable and to be human and to support each other. Barbershop culture. So I don't know if you guys know this, but men, so women have face-to-face -face relationships. It's more emotional, right? Men side to side. That's why when you're sitting in the barbershop and you hear another brother talking in the chair, and you go, oh, yeah, me too, me too, because everybody's looking around, make sure it's safe. Can I say that's all right. So I wanted to make sure that that, I, I want to see more of those spaces happen in, in, in where I, what I do for a living. So I try to cr create that in my space for men, um, just by being open and being honest and allowing them to feel really open and honest. And we talk about everything. The one thing I don't see in a barbershop is real vulnerability in men, because there's still a little bit of like, did you hear what I said? You know what I'm saying? Or you said it yourself, you're still a little guarded as a man. How vulnerable are you really willing to get with that brother? We need to be vulnerable with each other. We don't have that still. That's still an issue. Last thing, and I'm going to let you pass this on. You brought up the slap, and we can go into that slap. Because for me, uh, <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. That slap to me was a beautiful thing. <laughs> on two counts. <laughs> and what I said was this. Oh, God. What I, what I would love to happen is brothers, especially black men, we need to start having the uncomfortable conversations in front of each other's feelings and all as to why we still can't relate to one another amongst and other, as well as other men. That slap was beautiful. That's my opinion. I'll leave it to you. <laughs> Okay, um, um, we need to take a break here. This is, um, you know, you know, he went a little too far. You know, I wasn't asking all that, man. You know, uh, but nah, no, nah, we're gonna, you know, we're actually gonna save that one for another episode because, because that's its own episode. You know, really, 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 when we go to the slot, because I think but, that yeah. the BSC's opinion on that one is pretty strong. Yeah, you know? I mean. What I like. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do, man? What, you, we're no, not gonna say just, nothing just, about uh, it. Yeah, no, I love. I just wanna. Uh, <laughs> you speak can't to help that. yourself, huh? Yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah, that's what it I is. I want to speak to that. I mean, because I think what you bring up. I mean, you know, and, and again, um, Lachelle has worked on on my face, um, and it was a wonderful experience, you know. Um, so, uh, as a, as a client, um, I can attest to that feeling. Right. That feeling of of and I didn't know a lot, you know, I mean, I knew I think I, I mean, at least, you know, my own perspective of myself is like I know more than most men, maybe. But then when I was in your chair, I'm like, maybe I don't, <laughs> you know, but that vulnerability, you allowed that to be uh, present. So it was a really great experience. So, yeah, yeah, speak. So I, what I wanted to mention when you because I actually was thinking about actually I showed you I saw your picture. I was going to post it. The one thing that I get to do in the room that most men don't get is the, the, it's something in the power of therapeutic touch, especially coming from other men. Do you know fathers? I remember when I first gave you a massage and the one thing you liked was me massaging your arm and you, you fell asleep, you relaxed. 
That wasn't me. That was you. That wasn't me. The first time, <laughs> bro. That was you. I, 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 I massaged your arm and you was like that other clients. No, bro. When I first did a demo on We're you. Come on. Come on, come on, bro. See? Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. No. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, I got the I got it on camera. I got it on camera. Hey, hey. This is a lot on the for the first episode, Michelle. This is listen. We are taking. We are bringing. Sledgehammer. First time yeah, you're rubbing my next week. Shit, yeah, but what I'm saying over. is, do you know how many men who are fathers, who are husbands, yeah. who don't get a chance to just relax and get that therapeutic touch of a place to just? <sighs> As a barber, you don't you don't have that sort of contact with them, and so. One of, the, one of the reasons why I love to do what I do is, is as soon as you walk through the door, before, after I assess what you need skin-wise, I'm like, oh, he needs to rest. I can already tell. How many, you got a wife, you, you're here on a Sunday, oh, he just wants to relax today. And this brother talking, it was one dude walks the door, he's talking, oh, he just wants somebody to listen to him. Yeah. And then I know just exactly what to do with my hands to sort of nurture. You know, we don't, we are not, I'm not afraid to nurture another man, man. Hey, and listen, that's, listen, that's I the mean, thing. Listen, I'll tell you, hey, listen, right now, I'll tell you right about now. going to sleep? Ha- no, 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 because that wasn't me. He's got me mixed up. No, I'm just kidding you. But no, having Lachelle in the BSC was huge for the BSC. Yeah. Okay, up to that point, we had only had females working there. Okay, we were like not even 15 years ago was being sued for not hiring females. I mean, the BSC has been on both sides of this. That's why I think that we're, we're so much front in, in the front line. You know, having me, you know, it was a big deal. For me to have him there, man. You know, I mean, people were like, "Hey, man, who's that guy, man?" You know, it was tough. You you know, it was tough. It's (laughs) it was it's not easy. He's he's right about all of it, but we have to pace ourselves. It's a lot, you know. He's right. It was probably man, you know, because yeah, every time I I go, my wife and I go and we order massage, dude. I've never had a man massage me, you know. But it doesn't say I haven't had hands on me, but they've always been female. I just grew up like that. But you know what? But traveling around the world, going to different places in Africa, I walk up and down streets and see men holding hands all the, all the time, hugging each other, kissing each other. Dude, I mean, totally different. So I think, you know, you know when we talk about manhood, masculinity, I mean, it varies through societies. Through countries, right? European men are very, very it's different very, it's very, than it's American very, men. It's very different. It's and very it's different. super masculine for them to, for sure. to embrace that with each oh, other. For sure, uh, for sure. You know, I mean, because you know, we're human. And that's, guys. right, right. But, you know, but the BSC understands, you know, not everybody's coming to the table like myself or like Lachelle. You know what I'm saying? He, he obviously has got it. He's like, shit, he know too much. He's too much, right? For a lot of guys, you know what I'm saying? But if you can get yourself in a comfortable space, like I did, we brought him on. Dude, we've been great friends ever since. But he's the only person I know in the business that's a male, okay? Because that's just how I. I'm trying you know, to change that right now. Walk, you know, but but I, but before you, I want to tell tell you a little bit about my about my experience with him. Also, no, same thing. When he did my face, man, I felt great. I've been using a scrub in the shower ever since, and I'm in the business, okay? But you know, you know, I, I'm not paying that kind of attention to my skin, but I have been since since meeting him, and that's why I like having him around and involved in a part of what we do, because he's real, he's in touch with himself, and he bleeds a confidence that we all need. You know what I'm saying? 
and it, it and he just it's just you know I love it and he and I've just I've watched him grow and watched him get better and he's you know we see things different I mean it's like like I won't about the slap as far as like he thinks it was a beautiful thing for two you only gave us one reason though what was the second reason? Listen. You said two things. There was two what was there the was two thing? things happening with that slap for me and we could talk about it down the road. It was it's time to wake up, brother. That's okay. what how that's what it the was mental, for the me. The mental health part of it. It was Is that no, what it about? was Will Smith in my opinion saying to Chris, "Brother, we got to stop doing this right. monkey show right. in front of this." Right. Okay? Right. And then it was now it's time for the brothers to sit down and start having the hard, uncomfortable conversations that we don't want to have, that we, the gay community, gets kicked for having and the women get kicked for having. This is the things that black men still avoid those really hard, vulnerable, face-to-face, -face uncomfortable conversations we need to have so that we can move up and, and, and become a community. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think that that's like, I mean, we can, we can talk about change, we can talk about, I mean, you know, men getting better, you know, and we will and we should and, and you would and you would wish that that you get better. But the law of the land in society, if that is pushing something on on you, it is it is what it is. Right. We're going to be a product of our environment. So when I look at the slap, you know, like you said, you know, hey, I went through a lot of different things and I am I'm in a barbershop. So I'm getting people coming to me, and boy, right? They be like, yo, man, what's, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting it from brothers. I got the Jewish clients. I got my, my Asian clients. They're like, oh, you know, everybody got their opinion on it, you know, and all of that. Um, and it was very different across the board, all depending on who you were, what demographics you were, and I'm, it was, you know, where you went with it. But at the end of the day, the problem I have with it is that men have a responsibility as men, period. I don't care what color you are or any of that, all right? And if you ever displaying something like that for others to see, you know what I'm saying? You know, that is not a good look. It's never, okay, no, hold on, hold on. Um, because I can get into a lot of reasons why it should have happened. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, the reason why this world is in the trouble that it's in is because men don't have control of this planet. We don't have control. So we're destroying it. Huh? Because men is not perfect. Because men are not, right? some men are not even taking the time to do the inner because, work. Because, because some men don't have the same opportunities that other men have. Okay? So, so, what's that? To do inner work? Yes, I'm, I mean, there's a lot of men going on, going through different things all over the world. I mean, it's like, I mean, come on, let's face it. We're sitting here in Korea now talking about taking care of our skin, yeah, right? right? Right. But the world is made up of a, a lot of us going through a lot, of, a lot of things. So just bring it back here to Hollywood and Chris rocking them. Mm -hmm. So when I see that and I have a responsibility, you know, you know, you know to what I believe, you know, that, that shouldn't happen. It, should, it shouldn't. Now, now, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Now, hold on. Hold on. Right? Because that shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't happen. Now, I'm not saying that what he did was right. Now, I'm not saying that that shouldn't have been handled. 
but it shouldn't have been handled that way. He should have took him around the back because back to the BSC. See what I'm saying? And I just want to, like, we talk about principles, and as the podcast grows, want to be very clear what we stand for, right? And what we really think manhood, masculinity, and our place on this earth is, right? You know, you know, is, is we have to have control. We have to have control. And that is the hardest thing ever, especially ones, you know, you know men, demographics, that just have it tougher. You know, trauma early in life. Brown people just have trauma. We're just going to react different to things, period, just because of our walk through this, through this life, right? So at the end of the day, it's about control, right? And that's just the point. I saw, that's what I saw. It, you're right, Lachelle, all of that, dude. You, it was, you know, hey, I'm, I got people in my family struggling with mental. I saw, I saw it all. I saw it. Yeah, so, wow, he's struggling with Will that. Smith at all. Yeah. I, I, my heart broke for him. And I said to myself, I was like, this was not the way to handle it. But there was an impact. It was two things happening. It wasn't the right thing to do, but it was something about him doing it in front of that audience on that particular night with Chris Rock that spoke to me as a black man and the climate that we're in and that we need to be as a black community. That's where I was going with it. Was I condoning what he did? No. Obviously, this man is not doing the work. He has not done the inner work, and he's lashed out. But there was an impact to that for me as a black man. And us black men, right now, we have to be a little bit smarter on how we do things and how we say things to each other and what we say and stop writing it off as, oh, it's just comedy or it's just, we can't, we can't do this right I, now. But, that, but that's what I'm saying, yeah. though. But at the same time, listen, bro, there, there's no shortage of us slapping motherfuckers around on TV. Okay, you can't tell me. Nobody can convince me, okay, that that was necessary. I'm just not going for it, man. That's what they come to see. I mean, I'm just not going for that. All right, so I'm just like, I'm too smooth for that, bro. I'm just not going for that. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not kicking his ass. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he don't get slapped, but I don't do it like that, you know? And I'm just saying that, but you're right. A lot, dude, I, it helped a lot of people. I was, man, I was reading the feeds, getting the car. Wow, you know, wow, I feel so good. Finally, you know, someone's taking up for us women and we, blah, 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 it's great. You're right, man, it brought joy. It, it brought joy to some people, right? It's so significant yeah. because of his wife, his family, yeah. in front of that audience. Yeah. From yeah. another black man, as we would say, I'm gonna use the words, please don't kill me, Coonan. And they both know what they've had to do to get to that place and what they've had to sacrifice. Okay, they I'm going to ask you one thing, then we're going we're gonna, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna to move on. Because we're going to be honest. That's why I didn't want to bring it up. That's why I didn't bring it up. So, but don't you, okay, because this is Hollywood, right? This ain't like, you know, this ain't someone disrespecting my woman on the street, right? I might just go upside and say, so, so listen. So you mean to tell me if he stays cool and then kicks his ass at the after party, and Hollywood writes about it, that that doesn't have an um, impact also, it it's going to get out. And to me, it's even more powerful, you know? Because, dude, cause, listen, 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 bro. I just cannot be convinced, right, that there is ever a good time to lay hands on our brothers. I, just, I, I don't care. Hey, now, he, if he I has agree with mother, you. Then I yeah, agree he with you, right there, but you know, because I mean, of the situation, or, or you know, 
because what? of the situation, how he came out, he empowered this white woman in the joke, even though Penelope Cruz is Latino, she's considered whitish. He empowered her in the joke and then turned right around but, and but, disempowered this black woman. I know, Would you, I know, you, I know. So, but, but I hear what you're saying, so, but listen, but not everyone is looking at it like how you're looking okay, at you're it. Okay, absolutely right. This is my opinion. This is my opinion. to you. This is my opinion. Right. So let me finish but, to, but, your but, thought. But listen, but as a barber and hearing people come in, I'm telling you, man, because it took me a minute to come to Believe me, I didn't just come out. First of all, I said, oh, he shouldn't have done that. I was like, dude, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you. But after hearing people, I was like, yeah, yeah. We're about to I go know, on. I know, we really shouldn't have brought this up. So what do you mention control? And uh, we're in the place where we are right now because men don't have control. And that stuck out to me as a female. And I would love for you to expand upon that. And my thought in that is that with what, no, but with what y'all are, with what y'all are talking about and the slap, but I think that there was a space for control within vulnerability and that might have been what was lacking. And I do find that that is sometimes what's lacking with men's culture is that there's not a, a control of one's vulnerability, meaning that you're not allowing your space, you're not allowing yourself to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And from that vulnerability, you're able to find the control that guides your life. I don't know if there's any room that you all can speak to that. No, I think, I think um, you know, what you said is, it's perfect, and I think that you know it's so, so it's so funny because right when you said you know I want to I want to talk more about you what you said about being in control because I, I I heard my wife right there I'm like oh shit here it comes you know men always want to be in control see why you always gotta be in control um, um, I'm just one soldier in this battle right and I'm part of this BSC philosophy it's just like that's just how. You know, I'm like, hey, if that's just the angle that I'm coming from, right? Because I just know, I know about so much. Okay, you know, I'm definitely working on being more vulnerable. We're talking a lot about that these days, right? But I'm also trying to control my rage. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, um, you know, I come from neighborhoods where you got shot for stepping on someone's shoes in a nightclub. You know what I mean? You know, so, you know, control is like, you know, making that decision and not jumping in that car with, my, with some of my teenage buddies going out that night, save my life a few times. You know, having, having that control, it's like, you know, so I can only speak so much on like, you know, this demographic, this, this, this certain demographic, because I have to stay on that because I can't, I can't speak on all men or try to save the world, right? Um, all I can say is that everyone is right. You know, everyone is right here, and everyone has a has a valid a valid point. Um, but I'm always trying to get the biggest bang for my buck in everything that I do. You know what I mean? So I I feel Lachelle when he talks about that, and he's right on with all of that. But I'm looking at at how the world is looking at that. Not so much about how I feel, but the world. What does the world, what's the majority, you know, hey, listen, I grew up on one knee shooting dice. I'm a gambler. You know what I'm saying? I go to Vegas. I get on the crap table. I'm about odds. <laughs> you know, I'm about the odds. So everything that, that happens, I want to know, like, well, what's the pros and cons with that? And when that happened, I was just like, wow, yeah, he showed, oh, wow, you know, 
some mental health issues. Yeah, dude, this guy snapped. I mean, I, I know, I know Will Smith's barber. I'm, I know a lot about Will. I know things about Will that and Chris Rock. That you know, I'm a celebrity barber. I know these people. I've worked with them. I've cut their hair myself. Um, and we've got into deep talks, man, deep talks with a bunch of these guys in Hollywood and selling out or selling their soul or deciding not to or whatever because masculinity and manhood comes into play, you know, a lot of t the times, you know, depending on what you believe. But that's what we're trying to create with the BSC is that space, you, you know, is that space because you're so right. Because, because I'll just say that because most barbershops – you know, this is a different barbershop. Most barbershops ain't getting down like this. It's not going nowhere near where we're taking it, you know? Well, and so, I, think, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the, we've kind of created the space we want to create in the barbershop here. I think you all, I mean, you all, we, we know you all, right? So you already feel comfortable. But there's a level of comfortability that we're creating just through being here and being who we are. So I appreciate what you're saying. I think that for men, there's a reckoning. And I think that it's for all men, you know. Um, as a Latinx man myself, right, my mother's Mexican. Um, I identify with that culture. Father is uh, Sicilian, right, but, so a mixed kid. But my identity, I, I think, for me, rests in that Latinx culture, um, and speaking to that culture, right, they're going through a reckoning. We are going through a reckoning. Because I, I, I believe that that culture in particular, you know, has, and everyone knows the word, right, machismo. But um, people are having to now come to terms with, and also there's a lot of religion, right? Same with, with, with black culture as well. A lot of religion, a lot of religious stuff behind that. So I think men are coming to terms with how do I accept all these, you know, I, you know, and, and someone said it to me really well, like, I love this person, and now they're a woman. How do I, how do I, and I still love them, but other people are saying these really awful things about them. How do I reckon that, right? I mean, even Kendrick in his new album talks about that, right? As a, as a black man, how do I come, and religion, how do I come to terms with an aunt that I love and a cousin that I love that have chosen to be men or women, right? So I think that on, a, on, a, on so many levels, men are coming to terms with the world that's changing fast. It's not like it used to be. I think things change slower. I don't know. I wasn't alive then. I'm alive now, and I know that things are changing fast. And so men are having to come to terms with that. And so... I think on a lot of different levels, we come from these different perspectives, and psychologically, that's what helps us understand the world, and that's being shaken. That's being you know, people are being asked to change, um, demanded to change. You know, you talked a lot about these Me Too guys, guys coming in saying, "Oh shit, I sent that email, I grabbed that ass, I did these things that were wrong. I knew they were wrong, but I still kind of did them." How do I come to terms with what I've done? So a lot of the men that I work with are coming to terms with that. How do I come to terms with the fact that, um, you know, I used the F word growing up to describe somebody who was a whack person, you know, was whack. I said the F word. 
how do I come to terms with that in a day now where I know better, right? So I think that to me, I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm going off here, but to me that speaks to the slap. Men are, are struggling to right the world right now a little bit. And so I think Will Smith fell upon, right, some, what we may call some old school ways of defending your woman. So he went up there and hit him. And I don't think any of us want to see that as men or as men of color or whatever, him do that. At the same time, I do see what Lachelle says, which is like, there's some hard conversations we have to have, you know? And, and I think what, what, what Toy brought up is really, is, is also a really nice piece, which is, can't you just, <laughs> can't you just let some of this shit go? and be in the presence of yourself as an authentic human, right? How do you, and, and do you have, and, and with, and can you still be a man and feel in control of your world without that old stuff around you, you know? Can you be in control of things and, you know, love freely, accept freely? You know, and I think I think that's, you know, that's really what I'm hearing is everyone's talking about that. How do we find a way to just be more open, honest, free and loving, you know, and at the same time being who we are, because, you know, and then I want to I want to have a meal, say something. But but, you know, we're we're all different. people. We're all vast and different in our ways. And what I mean by that is like 90 some odd percent of the time, I believe I'm a really good man. And sometimes I'm not. And I have these bad, these other things go on. <laughs> Thank you. I have these uh, other things go on in my mind that may be old shit I think I've gotten over. And I do, and I have. But they come back for me. You know, they come back for me. Um, yeah, so I think that it's okay to not, you, we're just not perfect. And sometimes we get back into old ways of thinking and react that way. And it doesn't mean that we haven't changed. It just means we got, still got some shit going. That's cool. But I think we always are striving to, you know, be above that, right? Be better than that. Yeah. Yeah, can I say something? Yeah, yeah you got the, you got yeah, the way. I've known Ian for a very long time, since Cal Berkeley days. And it's very interesting to see this dynamic here. Um, you guys talk about men expressing themselves and opening up. You know, it's a sort of a deficiency that men have naturally compared to women. Women are very, you know, natural at being expressive and being communicative, especially expressing emotions. But Ian and I have been working on this for a long time. So, you know, it's been 25 years since Cal days. But, you know, Woody brings up a, in particularly a, a um, very uh, real problem, you know, which is, um, you know, men expressing themselves. And, you know, the context of Ian's world is, you know, clinical, it's professional, but maybe there's a problem there where men don't feel comfortable in that environment expressing themselves. 
you know, similarly, Woody is in an environment where people feel very comfortable expressing themselves. It's very casual, you know, but maybe there's a point where even Woody himself might say, hey, you know, this might be a spot where maybe Ian maybe need to take over here. <laughs> you know, it's a more of a professional environment here, you know, that needed. So you guys have identified a very real but amazing almost gold mine of a problem here and a solution where you have uh, a bridge between a formal world where Ian represents and has, you know, documentation and, and master, you know, this, this man is certified and in the world of professionals and clinical trials and such. Um, but maybe there's a little bit of a, of a block there with a form, you know, too much of formality, but Woody provides the more informal, you know, window for communication and openness. So it's just incredible to see you guys discuss this sort of world where there's a possibility where people can sort of feel honest and open to, to work on these, these real issues that, that you guys have brought up. You know, it is a, it's a changing world. This world is moving fast. So maybe there's a, a spot where we as men can, can make those changes and, and, uh, and open ourselves up to making uh, ourselves better. You know, so you guys are, uh, to me, is a fresh uh, opportunity where we have, you know, a bridge where you two are bridging the formal and the informal uh, communication of this sort of world. And I, I'm, I'm loving it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're hired. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, I'm not going to, you know, we won't, we won't take this too much further because everybody's been here for a long time but I just want to share share this one story with you guys just to kind of put things in content um, the you know the BSC has ha, has this reputation for like masculinity and we've just always been like if you if you've looked us up and if you go back far enough you you know sooner or later you'll just probably like us less and less you, you, you know we've come a long way right we've come a long way <laughs> um, um, but about the same time when we had Lachelle working for us, we had gotten a call from an agent. You know, we get calls from agents. This particular agent was repping a boxer that was about to go pro on HBO, right? And they wanted, and, and this boxer was a, a woman boxer transitioning into a man to go become a male boxer and go professional. It's a big fight, right? Um, I don't want to get into his name because he's actually his own podcast. But this was huge because I'm like, yo, you know, why are you calling us? Because, you know, I mean, you know, because what makes the barber and the therapist so cool is that everybody gets to kind of take this ride with me. I'm growing. Like, you know, I'm like, you're my therapist. They don't know, but it's like my session. After this all, I'm like, thank you, man. I really needed that, you know? Um, but, and, and, and the reason why they were calling us is because you say, hey, I have a client who is now a man, and it's very, very important to him that he knows the meaning of masculinity. 
and how to be a real man. These were her words, right? And we looked it up and we found you guys and you and da da da. I was like, whoa. You know, now to me, that was like the ultimate, the ultimate compliment. I was like, man, this stuff is so good that, you know, everybody wanted, wants some of it, right? I mean, it's like this person felt that much, you know, has been a woman their whole life, went through this, and now found us, could have went to anywhere. This was a big fighter, you know? And anyway, so anyway, he comes to me. I mean, you know, yo, he's got a full beard. I mean, he look, you know what I'm saying? He's built, he looks like a boxer. You, I mean, you would never know unless you knew this person's journey. But anyway, so anyway, we became friends. They hired me as a consultant to basically um, show this person how to have masculine men ways and just to kind of function, just to kind of share, share the BSC's philosophy and opinion. This person was kind of looking for that, you know. And um, man, I grew so much through that because that was big for me, you know. I mean, you're talking about a man who who married a woman whose, whose father came out after she was gone to college, right? And couldn't, and when I asked for her hand in marriage, couldn't tell my own dad that her father was gay. This is recent, in the last 20 years, that I'm, you, know, you see what I'm saying? So I'm growing, I'm growing. But that particular client and that whole, whole relationship was big. It was big because it just, it made me, even though, you know, I said, yo, man, you're not perfect. You know, you're definitely not perfect. You're learning, and it's a struggle, and, it, and it's hard. But you, you got to be doing something right. You know, I just thought that was really cool because this person, this boxer, is a great person. They just not, you know, it's all kind of people out there that call you up for help. They're not all great people, right? <laughs> I mean, I know all kind of people, right, you know. But um, um, this was a great person. This person gave back. I mean, he just volunteered. This person was just really great. Person's great. That's why we're still friends. You know, this person's just amazing. Um, but um, I was like, wow. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to change who I am. I just have to get better. You know. So I just wanted to kind of share that because that was that was a big that was a big turning point and just really kind of like kicked off the podcast. And I felt like, you know what? Maybe people need to know kind of what goes on in the BSC and a little bit of my journey through this change and the Me Too and, and the ginger, the ginger, the gender um, uh, um, situations and changes and, and, you know, and all that and be on, be on the right side of that. So um, Rick and Amber, I mean, I just, I invited you guys because I just like, I mean, you guys are like, you know, damn near perfect couple. It's like crazy, right? Just, they just got, they just like, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, you know, right, I don't, you know, I'm not interviewing you or anything, but Rick, but Rick is also family to me. And he's from Kansas City. He knows, you know, his dad is my uncle. We're close. So he understands where I'm coming from when we, when I start throwing around manhood, masculinity, because we come from that, from that world of like, you don't cry. Shit, you know, I didn't start crying until my 30s. I mean, it's like that where I'm from, right? So, so Rick understands that. So, you know, Rick, just, just um just tell us what 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 the barber and the therapist just in the few episodes that we have have kind of like done for you yeah. Yeah. you just tell us that well from what he said from kansas city too so it's a midwest we're here in los angeles it's a whole different vibe culture 
more accepting, um, open minds. Kansas, total opposite. So when you grow up, the whole the whole definition, outlook of manhood is what you're talking about, you know, very macho, manly manhood, like, ah, you know, like fighting, things like that. And when I think about the slap, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go down the slap. <laughs> uh, so at, at the, I grew up going to the barbershop every single Saturday my whole life since I had hair on my head. And like it was talked about before, it's a place where men did feel comfortable talking, you know. Um, it's not like I, like it is now at Woody's shop where it's great. You set an appointment, you go in, you get your great services, you're out. No, you go there at 7 a.m. and you're there, there till 3. You know, you ask the barber, how many heads do you got? They say, oh, I got 10 people in front of you. And you're there all day long. And so you're hearing all these different conversations about politics, pop culture. And in a lot of those conversations, I wouldn't say it is a place where there is vulnerability, you know. It's a place where you are trying to one-up everyone else, and everyone does have a particular manly, um, what we would say like a long time ago, very cultured view of manhood. So um, I wouldn't say it's a safe space to be, to be open, to be vulnerable. And so I think with what you all are doing with this podcast and what I've seen Woody do um, with the BSC is um, open up a space for men to be themselves, and know that it is okay to be vulnerable. And I feel like that is what's what's missing in our culture. And it's taken me into my adult life to understand that being a man, you can be vulnerable. You know, you can talk to others. You don't always have to be okay. You know, it's okay not to be okay and hold everything in. And I think that um, when we go back to talking about control and things like that, those are men who don't know that, hey, it's okay to say, you know what, I don't have control right now. And I need to talk to someone about that at this point. And I think it, that as your podcast continues to grow and impact more men, that hopefully it will reach out and touch people that um, do have these different points of views and bring them in to see a new different light upon things. And like Woody said, you're on a journey of growth. You know, some of us are already there. Well, we got all the answers, we understand it, but, you know, also being vulnerable and open to people who aren't quite there yet and bringing them along the way um, in their understanding. And so super excited about what you all are doing. And um, in those conversations, you know, it's, it's definitely helped me because I'm still on a journey, you know, some of that Kansas City and Kansas is still in me. And so <laughs> I've only been here for a decade, so I'm still growing in that. And so, um, so yeah, we're all, we're all on a journey, you know, we're all on a journey. Well, well said, Ricky Randall, Kansas City representing. <laughs> well, I, you know, I really like what you said, too, is like this idea that we're all growing, right? I mean, I'm growing, right? Every day I'm learning. Um, and so, so I think that's just the journey. But, but having a space where that's okay, I think that's what we've really talked about trying to build is it's okay to be wrong you know because oftentimes we don't talk or express what you know what we feel because it could be wrong it, or it could be seen as like wow that's a really ignorant thing to say but it's a space where you can have that and there's not a lot of judgment about that's who you are that's just your journey and I really like how you said that it was really well that was really nice so and the one thing I will say too that Fun fact, um, I've worked 
at the barbershop club before okay. for some time. So um, I can attest that it is a leading barbershop in the sense of that men do feel comfortable actually being vulnerable with a diverse population of men who are coming in to get, get services. So I've seen men, as what he said, you sit in the chair and they're just whoo, laying it out. So I'm glad you're here now to kind of take those people in because I've seen people ask Woody very heavy questions or talk about how their life is falling apart. You know, how they may be this executive at this company, but at home, everything is just laid out. And so, um, so definitely you are on the front lines of that. And I think it's, it's needed, you know, like we need that. And there's people that need it and don't know they need it. And so, um, so I'm happy you are doing this and here at the Line Hotel and, and making an impact uh, in the community. I guess I'll jump in, <laughs> uh, but I also agree. I, I feel like there's usually like a stigma with men and therapy. And so, you know, sometimes they're too proud to ask for help. And I think with a podcast like this, or even with something like the Barbershop Club, having that comfortable space kind of opens up the door for people to be like, oh, therapy isn't so bad. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make me feel any less of a man to get help or to seek help. And so even with the podcast, people who may not be going into the barbershop club will listen to this and be like, oh, okay, I didn't real, I didn't look at it like that. Or maybe I should, you know, go and see someone. So I feel like you guys are making change and I can appreciate that. So that's my two cents. Thank so you. there's hope, see? See, yeah. you ask the young people, and you know there's, there's hope. I'd like to also add, I'm a mother of a 22-month-old son, and it is so important to raise a generation of men who, who see themselves beyond themselves, if that makes sense, mm -hmm. yet own the space in which they hold. And that comes from the vulnerability. That comes from moment-to-moment -moment thinking, which I know is a concept that the Barbershop Club embraces, and really allowing yourself to, to take in as well as to give out. And for the women in the room, <laughs> it's something that is just ingrained in our culture, and it's something that I know of myself I, I continue to work on, but I have the support of a community and society to work on it, and I think that um, the culture and men's culture, it's really time to embrace this and catch up to the women who are really, <laughs> who have really been doing this all along, but really do it for the younger generation because we have a 22 month old at home who we're trying to raise to be a good human and a good embracing human to see all sides of, of what somebody brings so i appreciate just piggybacking on what you said really it's time and appreciating the space that you guys you all are creating for others to embrace because um, it's really needed our world is so broken and if and if men can learn to control their vulnerability <laughs> it's such an oxymoron but really a control yourself to embrace your vulnerability and fall into darkness backwards, that I think is where really where we need to go. Bring it in, bring it in, Lachelle. So uh, um, congratulations on the baby. I was just thinking, um, 
you know, I was thinking just that women um, from since, you know, as from childhood, they are taught to embrace their emotions. And I think men, we forget that we're just as human. We have the same amount of emotions, but we're taught to compartmentalize it. And so what when I say um, when I hear toxic masculinity or lack of vulnerability is what I also hear is emotional um, immaturity and emotional um, intelligence that's lacking in emotional articulation. That's all this is about. And so you're now raising your child to embrace that. And for me, it takes a real man to be able to embrace all those sides of himself. That take, that's bravery. That's for me, that's what masculinity is about. I live my life proudly as a gay man. I grew up in the projects where I had to fight, you know, and still say, yes, I'm gay. That takes bravery. So it's about take going in and being brave and embracing all parts of those, all parts of yourself. So uh, I'll end that. I mean, no, I, you know, this was just really, uh, I'll use the word. I, I wasn't going to use, see, you talk about vulnerability. I wasn't going to use the word beautiful. I wasn't. I was going to say this is really great. But it was really beautiful. I mean, everyone really had a lot of, a lot of beautiful things to say. Um, and it, it's just nice to hear, um, to hear that, you know, and to know that I think we're all seeing this vision, <laughs> right? Because we all have relationships with one another and, and we both talk about our vision and there's a collective vision. So just really, really nice, really, let me say, really beautiful. Very, very beautiful. Uh, yeah. Moment to be with you yes, all. We want to remember yeah. to embrace our vulnerability. Thank you. Woody. And we also want to know when it's time <laughs> to kick somebody's ass. Too. There you go. That's yeah, yeah. Do. It's not. It's not when they're twisted around this moment. Yeah. All right. Bring it back home. Yeah, bring it back home now. When you got everybody got kicked. this fuzzy life we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hey, you know, thank you guys for being a part of this. Yeah. This was really That's big awesome. for us to really kick this off. Um, and thank you. You, you. you just don't know. You've just been like a true awesome. blessing yeah. to us. And um, we're really happy for what the line is doing, you know, to get this to get this out and um, continue to grow with us. Come back, continue to listen sure. and be a part of the journey. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah.